Hey everybody, welcome back to Playing With Fire. This week I spoke to the beautiful Bethany Joy Lenz. I want to point out that this interview was conducted on the actual day we met. <laughs> Joy invited me over to her house and took me into her barn with live horses hanging out and we set up on the haystacks and had this conversation. I honestly feel like it was the perfect place for us to do this. Joy is an actress who I know best from one of my favorite TV shows, One Tree Hill, that I watched all the time when I was growing up. She started a podcast with Sophia Bush and Hilary Burden, her co-stars on the show, where they dissect episodes and reflect on the good, the bad and the ugly. It's called Drama Queens, if you want to check it out. Anyway, we had a great chat and I'm excited for you to learn more about her journey into uh, her own spaces of transcendence. Stick around at the end to hear some of my own takeaways. But for now, let's jump in. Joy Lenz. Hi. <laughs> so good to meet you. Just so everyone out there knows, I am meeting Joy for the first time right now. Yeah, like 10 minutes ago. How did we meet? Uh, we met because you made a comment on my Instagram page, <laughs> which blew me away because I'm such a huge fan. I've been such a huge fan for so long. And one of the things when we were writing the theme song for Drama Queens. I love the theme song. Thank you. Drama and Queens, Drama Queens, Drama Queens. <laughs> and the 808 when it comes to I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, they, they asked me to do a full length version and I just, I tried, but I didn't really have a vision. And I also didn't have a lot of time. So I just, my brain wasn't mm. there. And I was like, you know, who'd be perfect for writing this? Kimbra but I could never get her. Isn't life funny? So crazy, because you just seemed so out of reach to me, like in New Zealand, and I don't know where in the world you are. are you, you're a New Yorker yeah, now? Okay, yeah. so, but, well, I didn't know any of that. I just knew that I love your music. I think you're a genius, and I can't believe that you commented on my, I was like, wait a second, my brain is exploding. This is crazy. Let me tell you. <laughs> I have been around a while, and I have been commenting here and there. I've been listening to the podcast. Oh, I, I just, you. I tried to make myself a little more known this time, but I had no idea that you would recognize my name um i'm really bad at understanding that sort of stuff like Social gauging media. yeah and also gauging what kind of influence i have you know and mm -hmm. how many people Me you're too. probably the same right totally totally like it well, must surprise you the people that were like that was my favorite show in high school totally yeah it really does and we had such a wide demographic too that i didn't know I, I just I was always surprised we would have 13 year olds and, and grandmothers and dads and it was just a, a really wide variety of people that were fans of the show. So the way that I know you is through the television. Um, I was a huge fan of One Tree Hill when I was in high school and continued to watch the show many times over and over um, and you know very recently have been not only watching the show but also following every episode with each commentary of the podcast. You watching back? Yeah I'm doing I it with you. That. Yeah. Sophia says hi by the way we just taped a Drama Queens episode and I was like you guys Kimbra is coming over to my house. Sophia's like I've known her forever. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. Oh my gosh I'll tell you a wonderful story about me meeting Sophia at some point in this podcast. Um so, you know, I've, I've always looked up to you as a, as a character, first and foremost, because that's the only way I've known you, right? Yeah. But as I've gotten to know you as Joy on the podcast and, and it just kind of, you know, how you look around interviews and read things, I suddenly realized, oh, my God, this, this woman is extremely inspiring. Um, and I'm fans of all three of you. And I think something about Haley's character on One Tree Hill always connected with me. Um, she is such a ambitious, like one of a kind um, girl, also 
like so loyal to her values and so like committed yeah. to her maybe it i think of haley as being like a person of faith or something but i at at the time in my life i didn't grow up religious but yeah. um i was investigating faith and was very fascinated with the the teachings of various religions and gravitated most towards christianity and then later in life Christian mysticism, which mm -hmm. is kind of where I feel like I found my teachers. Once you open up to the mystics, you realize it is scattered everywhere. The Sufis of Islam, you've got Rumi, the poets, you've got the Zen Buddhists, oh, you've got, right. I mean, Kabbalah is a mystical tradition yes. of Judaism. So it just runs so deep. And once you find your teachers, you're kind of, um, yeah, you're immersed in this whole new, not, not so much new world, because it's still very Christ-centric in the Christian tradition, but allows a lot of room for possibility, uncertainty, questioning, gender spectrum. For spectrums. God to be God. <laughs> yes, for God to be God, right. So, you know, to tell you a little bit about this podcast, I am calling it Playing With Fire. Okay. Because I'm fascinated with this as a concept for artists, and I consider you an artist, of course. Joy is not only an actress, but an incredible singer-songwriter. Um, and I know you grew up in musicals, which I did too. You so did! Oh my time. gosh! <laughs> we need to go have like a proper drink oh, after this. I know! Talk all kinds of musicals. Isn't it funny how it's like you go through a stage of life where you're really embarrassed of that? And you're trying to... I don't know if you went no, through never. that. No, no, never. No, I was always just shamelessly the musical theater girl. That's probably I why I had very few friends, by the way. <laughs> well, it's funny because as a singer in the pop world, in a, in a way, I've kind of been trying to shed a bit of that because... Oh, sure. You know yes, what I mean? Like, aesthetically, it's a little uncool. Totally. <laughs> so, you know, you try to work the vibrato out of your voice yes. a bit so that you can just kind of penetrate a bit more of a current sound. And, yeah, um, for sure. It's a very that. different style of singing. Yeah. And, yeah, you just... A lot of people don't understand or appreciate the skill that goes into this the musical theater voice yeah um which is fine it's just not for it's not to be it's consumed everyone. by everyone yeah. so it's really smart to be able to be able to turn that on when you need it and turn it off when you don't need it <laughs> um one thing that i've been so impressed by with drama queens is not only are you having such a ball watching it with two of your yeah, best friends we really are oh yeah. god you can feel it yeah but more than that you're taking this real step, which makes me think of playing with fire, to <laughs> sort of reanalyze what went on in yeah. the show, the writing, the infrastructure of the hierarchy, totally. the way women were treated, the way men were treated, because there's mm -hmm. stereotypes left and right, right on the show, That's you right. know? Yeah. And you're doing the dirty work. And of course, you know, Sophia is such an inspiration with this, uh, you know, in her activism. Yeah. So I'm sure it comes just supernaturally to her. But for you, you know, and Hillary to step up and, and sort of say, yeah, no, we would love to be part of this commentary. It's so impressive. And it really helps us like digest where we've been as a culture, because that show reflected so much of my youth. Big and, time. And, and kind of go, all right, what can we learn from this? Yeah, that's one of the things I love about the show is that if you watch other shows like uh, The O.C., Gossip Girl, which all were more heightened um, and sort of genre-specific in, in the same way that Vampire Diaries is a, is a soapy, YA, um, genre-specific show, OC and Gossip Girl were also very glossy and heightened in that way. And they did great and they had a great audience and, and we love those shows. But One Tree Hill was grounded um, and sort of that to me did represent 
exactly what you just said. It really represented the culture that kids in the middle of America were experiencing. Yeah. It wasn't the the rich kids at the party at the penthouse, you know, mm. on, on Madison Avenue. It was what every every kid in the middle of America who had a river court who or who had a, a high school. That's. I mean, look. We obviously we had soapy moments, and we, there were there were things. I mean, for God's sake, a dog ate a heart in a hospital. Uh, we we had jumped the shark several times, but the core heart of, of the show, course. and the, the thing that kept people coming yes. back, was that it did represent what culture was at the time, and kept a little girl from Hamilton, New Zealand, coming back. That's I saw awesome. myself in that show. Really? Isn't that wild? I love that. I saw myself in that show. I saw myself in you. I saw myself in in Peyton and Brooke. Yeah. And, you know. Um, so oh, I love that. Isn't it's that wild? so cool. It's very cool. But it's even cooler to be an adult now and getting to dissect and reconstruct my ideas about a show like that um, through the eyes of the people that made it. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, why don't I move to exactly what this podcast kind of touches on mm. and um, to give you a bit of background about, you know, where I land in this realm of, of, of spirit work. Um I, I tend to experience my most heightened moments of transcendence in music nowadays yeah. um, at a concert, which, as you know, is pretty similar to uh, a worship yeah. <laughs> environment. Absolutely. This is one of my favorite things about live concerts and live theater is that there is a there's a camaraderie that's happening between the people on stage and the people in the audience. You're, it's a give and take. You're sharing with each other. You don't get that sitting down at work you have a job to do with the person next to you at work um when you're at home with your family there's functionality that every that needs to go on and and there's a relational dynamic that everybody's settled into so the vulnerability is really hard but when you have two strangers who one person's telling a story and one person is receiving the story and they're in the same room together and you're in the dark because they turn the lights off it's a really rare time that you shut everything else in your life out and you can just receive as an audience member you can just receive what's being sent toward you um or you can choose to reject it which is also part of the experience because you're processing that and as the person on stage being able to give and see that person or or all those people receiving something from you or rejecting it yeah it's really powerful um and I and I wish that um, people understood that about theater and valued that more mm. about theater rather than it being a niche thing. But I guess that mm. to your point, that's what concerts do. Mm. So if you don't get musical theater, you're like, I don't know why people burst out into song. I can't do it. <laughs> you know, I'm too pragmatic for that. Then go to a concert because yes. you get the same thing. Yep. Yeah, and it all starts in the body, right? Like it vibrates in your body. You're having a visceral experience, and now you take on an intellectual experience, emotional and potentially spiritual. Yes. Whether you're asking for it or not. Whether you're asking for it or not. That's (laughs) right. So let's pause right there because this is, you know, exactly the moment where things get potentially divisive because we've introduced a word that comes with so much baggage for the world, right? Mm. Now, I'm very comfortable using the word because I know what I mean when I say God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. mean a white man in the sky. I, right. You know. <laughs> so, but I would love to talk to you about how you navigate conversations around faith. I would love to learn from a woman like yourself about how to talk about faith and, and even, you know, the word God, you know, how to interject these things in, in a way that includes, in a way that is true to yourself and you're not just 
kind of trying to be everything to everyone because that's an impossible task as well and how you like fight the nervousness of talking about that stuff because the last thing in the world you want to do is create an environment where people think oh joy thinks that oh okay well Mm. i feel less connected to her now you know right that's scary so i'm going to give you a reader's digest version of my faith journey so that the context of what i'm gonna say next makes sense um i did grow up in a evangelical non-denominational christian home Mm -hmm. um lots of really sweet people at really sweet churches i had i had no major issues no major church abuse no dramatic exit none of that um and well all right i guess i'll tell you and it keeps it's on my mind i never tell this to anybody but what the fuck um so when, when i was 19 uh i was on my own i was living in new york i was i was in a um I was on a soap opera and I was your total good little Christian girl. I was still a virgin. I was like, you know, just went to church, home group Bible studies and the midweek prayer the time, midweek prayer. Little Wednesday night prayer meetings. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I just like, you know, I had good friends and it was all sweet and fun. And, and I had a really great checklist for how to live my life. Right? <laughs> so I'm 19. I'm sitting in a coffee shop and I'm I'm staring out the window. It's raining. It's a booth. It's like a, horse, a horseshoe-shaped booth. And I'm by myself. There's two people in the coffee shop. I'm staring out the window and I think to myself, what if all this Jesus stuff is just nonsense? But I don't think of it in a way that is threatening. It's not, there was, there was nothing at stake. It was, it was a passing thought that kind of went, I, I love where I'm at in my faith. I love the relationship that I feel I have with God. And so I'm not, it's not like I'm going to walk away. It's just, huh, I guess I'll find out when I die, right? Total passing thought. Like, like a non-attachment with it. like Completely. Yeah. Just like, huh, I wonder if all this is bullshit, but whatever, it works for me and I'm enjoying <laughs> it, you know? So like, okay, that's fine. And I, I never tell anyone this because um, I understand what it sounds like. But in that moment, I felt someone sit next to me and speak into my ear, never doubt that I am real audibly in my ear I heard this Um, I felt the breath I felt the voice I felt the presence and it was a voice that I I mean everything in my body went warm Um, I felt so comforted and loved and enveloped and I tried immediately to recall the sound of the voice so I could mem- memorize it, yep. and it was gone. Anyway, I could is not this? remember it. <laughs> it was gone. Never doubt that I'm real. And I remember being like, why? Of all the times, of all the times in my life when I had been struggling, on my knees, in pain, reaching out, God, are you there? Why are you, why come to me when I'm, there's nothing threatened. I'm staring out a window in the rain in New York, happy as can be, 19 years old, working on a soap opera. I got my own apartment. Life's fucking great. <laughs> like, nothing's wrong. 
So that, why? That just the why way? now? Instead of at a time when I'm, uh, when I'm struggling, and I never understood. Okay, so put that on a shelf for a second. Fast forward, oh, four years. I get involved with a home group Bible study that turns into something much more abusive than I ever imagined it would. And I spent 10 years with that group. Um, you just, I was a young kid and I wanted to feel like I belonged somewhere and it, it was Bible based. So I was just like, okay, great. Like, fine. This is cool. And then it's a slow burn as anyone who's in any kind of abusive relationship can tell you it's a slow burn. You, you let go of pieces of yourself a little bit at a time. It's not all at once because everybody's too smart for all at once. Most people are too smart for all at sure. once. So you just concede little concessions as you go, as you go of your independence, of your um, character, your freedom, like, or your power, your freedom, yeah. yes, okay. and your and your power, yes, mm. and just your autonomy. You're just like letting agency. little pieces, your agency, mm. you're letting little pieces go and be controlled by other people, and and because I came from. There was addiction in my family, in my household. There was a lot of variety of emotional issues that go along with that and generational issues that go along with that, which so many of us have. And my parents did a great job. Like, I feel really happy with who I am as a person. But, yeah. you know, we all struggle with different diseases and issues and oh, things yeah. that happen. Oh, yeah. So coming from that environment plus the church environment, I was so afraid to live my own life. Hmm. I was like, which is why I was so free in my work. It's what made me made, made me such a great actress, oh, by the way. Wow. Because it was the only place I could be totally free and safe to be. I could play. I was never, if I was wrong, you just take, try again, you know, yeah. do another rehearsal, try another, try, try so something almost else. almost like a catharsis for Completely. you? Completely. Wow. So I could live my life, if I lived by the checklist, mm. I could live my life right. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But it, but, and, and that's the, where the religion came in. But in my work, I could be totally free. Because it's work. Yeah. Because it's work. Girl, I so could it's... not identify with that more. Really? Yes. Yes. I mean, that is my place to play. You said it perfectly. It's where I can take on a character. I can be masculine. I can, you know, pretend I'm swinging my dick on stage. Yeah. And then I can totally tighten it up and become a butterfly. And, yes. And it's like, it's this beautiful freedom to be like, it's art. Yeah. Say what yeah. you want, but it's art. So yeah. I'm going to do it this way. And it's safe. It is safe. It, it's safe, it safe, but it's, it feels so on safe, stage, but it's it also, safe. um, it's a cop out. It, for me, it was a cop out in a lot of ways because mm. it was it was yeah. instead of me allowing myself to actually have freedom to be messy and scary and jump off the bridge of life and go, <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try. Instead of doing that, I was doing I'll live by the checklist and then I'll be living life right. And yeah. then God will be proud of me yep. and then everything will be OK and I'll just be free in my work. Yes. And God is so good that he wouldn't let me stay in that place for mm. too long. And when it came time for me to um, wake up and realize the abusive situation that I was in, I was able to leave it. I was a wreck. I was P serious PTSD. Didn't trust anybody. So Couldn't sorry. touch a church for, oh, I mean, Lord Almighty. further I could throw an elephant. Yep. Um, but... What I had, and I walked away from God. I mean, middle finger to the sky, like, fuck oh, you, yeah. we're done. I'm I'm out. I'm oh, not yeah. into any of this anymore. Yep. And what was amazing is that the one thing that I had was this memory 
of him coming to me at a time when nothing was at stake. Because if he had come at a moment when I was weeping and on my knees and God, are you there? Where are you? Then 15 years later, I would have gone. I manufactured that because I was so stressed out. Uh, I was so stressed out. I just needed. It is really easy to do that. You're right. You do put it down to just emotion and yep. trauma. I manufactured it. I made it up. I was too stressed. And so to be able to have that as a, like a, all right, I don't know anything else, but I know you're real because I can't say that I made that up out of stress. Oh, this is just so weird, Joy. It's just crazy. Like the beautiful <laughs> intercept intersections of people because I literally am where I am now with the faith that I have because of about four, maybe five mystical experiences in my life really? that I can not deny. Tell yep. me whatever you want about religion. I, I, I well, agree sure, with you. Sure. I agree with you. Yeah. But I cannot shake these transcendent moments from my life. Wow. As hard as I try. And I've yeah. tried before. I've tried to be like, I want to deny this and I want to be able to be free of the, um, you know, well, uh, you know how sometimes it can feel like a burden to be living to, according to something that, that really provides no you know, real proof. Um, you know, that's the faith. That's faith. And yeah. it can feel cruel at times, you yeah. know, to worship a an entity, a divine being that that doesn't allow you to have all the answers. And yeah. um, you know, at times I've wanted to be free from from that, but I cannot deny these experiences. Yeah. And I describe them very similarly to you. Um, an overwhelming surge of unconditional love that wraps around me, brings me to tears. Mm. Um, often melody would come out of that place too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, 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 I, and I do not know how to explain it. Mm -hmm. And so these things, and you're right, it is really actually quite vulnerable to talk about because you can sound nuts. For sure. That's part of getting older, right? Like It is, isn't it? <laughs> the older I get, I'm like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, like, what am I really holding on to? Like, how important is my pride? Right? <laughs> I know. I know. Like, oh, whatever. Everybody can know all my crazy secrets. It's fine. Whatever. Oh, man. I've, I have found since then, I did go on a, a very specific search for my faith and what I actually believe. And I have arrived at something that does feel like it's mine. It's not anybody else's. I agree with a lot of other people, but, and I have found some community, but it's nobody else can tell me how to live my life or for, tell me what to do. That's, that's between me and God. And he gave me my brain mm -hmm. and my spirit for a reason. So that's my responsibility to nurture and foster that relationship, not live by somebody else's set of checklist instructions in some ways you could say what's the need for talking about it then you know because we I need think, community because we need community you can't see all sides of god just you looking at it or just me looking at it yeah. and it's not fair to say that one uh one size fits all it's also not fair to say uh that that uh, hey whatever works for you god should fit into every mold because that's also i think really devaluing the idea do you really want to worship a god that that fits into your right. mold that you've created. Right, isn't it just now another manifestation of you and exactly. your ego? Like and if, your... If, you, if your version of God is not ever challenging you, if God if God is never challenging you, then to, to sacrifice something you don't want to sacrifice, say no to something you don't want to say no to, make a change in your life that you're, that you're unsure about. You know, lots of those character things come up all the time, but if that's never happening, then you're just worshiping a, a version of yourself. Damn, Joy. So... In your line of work, yeah, where does transcendence intersect? Yeah, the heart is always the most important thing to me. Um, connecting with the heart and the spirit, but 
connecting with that, whether it's with a person that I'm doing a scene with or whether it's a person in the audience who's consuming the material of the story that we're, okay. that we're telling, which I have no control over. But it's, um, I've, I guess I feel like as an artist, my job is to be as present as possible. Mm-hmm. For acting, it's 20% prep, it's 80% listening. Wow. You just listen and and then you be, you respond. If the writing's good, then... So I feel like my job is to be as present as possible. And I've had moments, I have had moments where um, I, I've been in a scene with someone and the scene is over and something really spiritual and amazing happened in the scene and we have to go like off and, and be like, are, are you okay? Oh, wow. And what was that? And, oh, wow. you know, emotions come up, childhood stories come up, like all Ooh. kinds of, it's so interesting. Yep. Um, more often than not, you're just doing, doing your, your job, job. saying yeah, your yeah. lines, you know? Yeah. But um, when it happens, ooh, that makes it, it all happens, worth it. It's amazing. But most of the, I mean, if you're on set, a small percentage of your time is saying the lines. A lot of the rest of the time is just sitting in cast chairs, talking with people or chit-chatting with the craft service person and finding yeah. out their life and yeah. who they are, what their kids are dressing like for Halloween. Mm. So I, I don't know. I mean, a huge part of it is just the same thing that everybody experiences when they go to work, nine to five. You're sure. just... But like everyone, whether you're a janitor, whether you're a singer, whatever, you have these moments of the 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 divine intersecting with the sort of more animal existence. And when that happens, like that's just again any line of work. That's why I said, you know, yeah. your art. That's why I don't want this to be just musicians. Like yeah. it's, I can't wait to talk to my comedian friends about oh, transcendence. Yeah. Oh, totally. Just talk about an ecstatic experience, oh, euphoria. Yeah. Like at people laughing together, get out of here. Amazing. That is some real spirit stuff. It really is. It really is. And I never really thought about acting being just the practice of presence. Like that's really inspiring to me. Oh, cool. Yeah, it is. Because yeah. in my work, I guess that's very important too. But there's a lot of technicality that I'm kind of taking care of as well. And there's a lot of intellectual energy going into it, you know, whether it's, you know, being specific about my pitch or my tone and then working the gadgets and the electronics. And sometimes I struggle to just be present with the audience, but eye contact is everything for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge eye contact person on stage. And as soon as I get that, I have a mantra. I say, it's not perfection, it's connection. Wow. Because I'm a perfectionist to a T. I mean, I will just rip myself up over not nailing a note or it could have been better. Mm. I know it can be better. But if you can just think about what do people actually work, walk away with? You yeah. know, do you walk away from a concert? Well, she was just perfect. It Wasn't it amazing that she was perfect? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, no. It's not the thing you remember. No. Actually, you often tend to remember the moment where her voice choked and she broke and you heard the rasp and she didn't quite make it, but mm-hmm. she just landed with that vulnerability. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or where, you know, something falls apart on stage and you just laugh and everybody, you just have to pick it back up. Or connection. Or somebody forgets a line or... Yeah, the connection. connection. It's a really big deal. And yeah, just being present, being able to be dropped in and like there with whoever you're interacting with. It's so important. I'm so like honored to have this conversation with you. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. I love that the universe brought us together or whatever you want to call it. Um, Seems quite meant to be. So thank you, Joy. And let's stay friends. I would love that. Okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's so cool that we like each other. It's I really know, fun.
Thanks so much for tuning into this conversation between me and Joy. I'm really curious to know what you took away from this. For me, I learned that in deconstructing things from our youth, whether it's the TV shows we consumed or our religious maps, we get to rebuild the picture with new insights and choose things this time around for ourselves. now that we're seeing it through a new lens. I really enjoyed when she talked about acting being this art of being as present as possible. And in the ordinariness, all the wildness of that moment, we create channels for transcendence. But we must pay deep attention first. Join the conversation over at Discord. It's a place where we can build community around the things we're learning together. This podcast is brought to you by TalkHouse. Feel free to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.